Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hockensmith and our show is brought to you by the 409tailgateclub.com. It is the place to go for your barbecue sauces, the barbecue rubs, including their new coffee barbecue rubs. And don't forget the great Bloody Mary mix. That's 409tailgateclub.com. Some fantastic stuff over there. All right, Dustin, guess what today's show is about? Well, we we talked about it and then somebody asked for it. Via, via an email through, uh, I guess, maybe through the Keystone Sports app or, or directly to you, looking at Big Ten scheduling. And to be honest with you, I didn't really know that this conversation was heating up all that much. But I, I have seen some things out there just speculative about where things are going uh, when, the, when the new teams arrive. So it is a pretty interesting topic, and it needs to be because we're spending pretty much a whole show on it. <laughs> it, it definitely is. I think there, there's a lot of angles to take with it. But let, let's start by setting the background, Dustin, what's going on. Not this year in 23, but in the 24 season, USC and UCLA are joining the conference. At the same time, remember the national the playoffs are expanding from four teams to 12. So other than essentially the Big Ten acquiescing to Michigan and Ohio State with whatever they want and building the schedule around the game that they play, which has to be at noon the last week of the season, what is it that the league should be looking to accomplish because they do have to go to a new schedule in 24? Yeah, and and it's really interesting. I mean, the, the Big Ten has not said much about what it is thinking on, on this subject, but you figure, obviously, there, there are at least two big goals, one of which is to maximize your conference's chances of getting as many college football playoff berths as possible as we go into that whole new wide world. The other one that kind of runs contradictory and kind of, I think explains the big 10 insisting on a nine game conference schedule is just creating enough inventory of big 10 games and high, you know, high leverage games to sell for this television contract. And the one that they're ultimately um, trying to create the next time they're ready to negotiate. So those two goals, I think don't always go hand in hand. um, But, it's what it's what they're trying to do. It's it's all about the money. It's all about the playoff and whatever they're trying to um, get done to make that happen. And the angle of it is how do you balance that as you go into this brave new world where presumably there won't be divisions and there will be two new schools involved in USC and UCLA. You know what most impresses me, Dustin, with your answer is I go into my petty rant about Michigan and Ohio State, and you don't even acknowledge it anymore. (laughs) Have I become that repetitive and predictable with it? Is it possible that I'm just tuning out Salty Jim now? Salty Salty Jim is now just Jim. (laughs) That's right. It's just the, the nature of the beast at the moment. But the great point you do bring up is as the schedule comes up, there are contradictory goals. 
And obviously they want to get as many teams into the playoffs as they possibly can. And especially as the Southeast Conference and the Big Ten both expand, with 12 teams in the playoffs, both those conferences are going to be looking to get multiple teams. Now, the Southeast Conference has always helped themselves by only playing eight conference games and avoiding, you know, when was the last time you saw Alabama play Georgia in the regular season? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you know the answer, but it's, it's easier to avoid, I think, than, than you would want it to be, and, and that right there, that's, I, I maybe it's a, a difference in how the SEC thinks about these things, but, um, you know, to your point, the Big Ten very much values that Michigan Ohio State rivalry game, and obviously being in the same side of the big 10. Now that is an automatic. And presumably when you go into a different schedule format um, in, in the future here in the near, near future, uh, they're still going to prioritize that game and still going to make sure that happens, even though uh, it, it runs contrary to both of their odds of getting into the college football playoff. Well, the fact is now with 12 playoff teams, you Previously, with four teams conference or in the college football playoffs, you could lose one game. You couldn't lose two. And I suspect with 12 teams, that may turn into you could lose two, but you can't lose three. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm most looking forward to seeing. Uh, and, and it seems like that's going to be the case. And I think we need to see the practical application of the new expanded format to really get a feel for what that's going to be like. And if that is the case, then you can't afford to be a little bit more risky in terms of the non-conference games you schedule. And in the Big Ten's case, uh, going with that nine-game schedule where the SEC, as you mentioned, is going to stuff uh, a cupcake really late in the year. And that's re- that, that is a big difference. You know, where the Big Ten's playing the extra conference game, the SEC has opted in a lot of cases to play a soft non-conference team within the last few weeks of the season, giving them a chance to obviously pad their their win total, but maybe get a little bit healthy, get, get, get an easy game in there in the midst of the grind. And I don't know what tangible effect that has on things, but certainly whenever, you know, the running – uh, the the only real running consistency in the big in in the college football playoff is the number of losses that you have. They can they can tell you what's important and what's not and non conference schedule this and non and, and quality wins and all that. But ultimately, if you lost two games, you were out, and that was the only consistent standard that, that we've got. I do think, and I'm with you, that um, two games is gonna be is gonna be the max. You can lose twice in, in this new world that we're going into and still be okay, which. I don't know if that helps any. Uh, it helps the team more than it helps Penn State because they've been in that position probably more than anybody. Right, and if you recall, there was a salty Jim rant about the college football playoff committee that tells us they do all this when the bottom line is don't lose two games, and and yeah. if you get to a tiebreaker, give it to the Southeast Conference team. That that's how that works. Now, I do believe actually <laughs> that, was a, that was a salty gym, min, a, li, a little mini rant, just in passing there. Yeah, I like just, it, just just a little one, um, a little foreshadowing here. We are not done with salty gym rants today. Okay, that's my early prediction. But I believe the SEC is going to be going to a nine game schedule. Also, I think they have to 
with Oklahoma and Texas coming into their conference. So let's get back where we're supposed to be, which is the Big Ten schedule. All right. And again, they now have, with their television contract, they now have to feed the beast. Fox um, at noon with a big game. CBS will be looking for a big game late afternoon. NBC will be looking for their big game in the evening. And you still have to feed the Big Ten network itself. So you're going to need those nine, that nine-game schedule. The obvious way to take care of a nine-game schedule and how you do it, Dustin, is what's being called the 366 model, which says each team will have three rivals that they play every year. The 12 remaining teams, you split them six and six, and you play the one group twice you pay play the other group twice so in a four-year span it works really well there's three teams you play all four years and the other 12 teams you play them each twice home and away in a four-year span you've been to every um every other team's home stadium and every team has been to your home stadium that seems like the logical way to do it doesn't it it almost makes too much sense jim and it's it's worth saying that the Big Ten, you know, is investigating a lot of different changes on this front. You know, they go to they they move to expand with USC and UCLA. They're going into a, a new era with the college football playoff expanding. You know, it, it looks to be, and this has settled down a little bit, but it looks to be some kind of uh, it's a territorial thing where all these conferences are trying to gear up for this new world ahead of them. And the big 10 is doing it without a current full-time commissioner. So uh, leadership is an interesting topic as far as that goes, but the, the three, six, six model. Oh, I just, just, just want to point out to you that um, I don't think there's a vacuum at the top for leadership. You still have the Ohio state athletic director there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say that in jest, but it is, there's a remarkable no, no, am- amount of truth. No, I don't. It. No, I don't. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gene Smith certainly seems to have a lot of pull, and I think um, you know this. This was clear. The the Ohio State you know conspiracy theory is made pretty clear back in 2016. Whenever you know a case was made immediately for Ohio State to get in, but nobody really said much about Penn State getting in. You know, remember <laughs> exactly. that? The, so, so yeah, there there you get some validation there, but. Uh, but yeah, I think the the three six six model makes so much sense, and it goes with a sixteen team conference because you've got fifteen games that way. You're not really gonna like miss um, teams. I mean, if you don't play a team this year or next year, you're gonna play them twice in a row. So I think you're gonna see um, a pretty fresh schedule um, each and every year. And you know, obviously, the sticking point and where we'll spend a lot of time on this show is, okay, where do the three come from? That's ultimately the biggest thing here. The six and six is the easy part. And again, it's worth saying that the Big Ten has not said this, confirmed this, really indicated what they're thinking about this. But I don't see how you can really do it any other way. So I think we can probably safely move on and assume the three, six, six model uh, and, and talk about it in those terms. And it's really fascinating to try to figure out what's important. How do you get big time games out of it? But how do you do that in a fair way for everybody? How do you make sure, like, obviously Ohio state is a huge draw, but it doesn't mean that you, ha- you can schedule them Michigan, Penn state and USC in the future, just because of that. 
So that that's going to be the interesting part is coming up with a fair slate of opponents and and uh, that that also offer a little bit of sizzle to, to go with that. So um, that is well worth talking about and what we'll talk about, especially from Penn State standpoint. Exactly. And that's why I wanted to spend uh, more than just one segment on this, Dustin, because there's so many aspects to it. And at the end of the day, yes, you do have to balance that feeding the TV monster the games that they want. And let's face it, as fans, we want to see them too. If I were a Penn State fan wanting to make sure they get a fair shake to make the playoffs, I would say, hey, give me Ohio State, USC, Michigan. You know, I want to see all those big teams play Penn State. And the same thing, Michigan and Ohio State. As a college football fan in general, that's what I want to see. So in quarter number two, Dustin, we're going to dig deep into that and we're going to figure out what exactly this should look like. Stay tuned for that. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hockensmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. This is our special edition of our show. It's our all Big Ten schedule in 24 edition, which I'm sure every listener has been clamoring for, Dusty, or at least one has, because he sent me an email saying, why don't you guys talk more about this? And so we are doing it. We're men that's of the really, people. That's all, that's all it takes, really. One person. Here is the takeaway for our listeners, Dusty. You want us to talk about something? Send me an email. It's very yep. easy. And yep. by the way, uh, last week, uh, uh, Andy and I talked about uh, the upgrade to Beaver Stadium and what you know we would like to see or what they should do. Well, we there were things we missed, which, by the way, a couple people emailed yeah. me and let me know. So guess what Andy and I are going to talk about again? Got to circle back stadium. around to it, don't you? Part do. <laughs> yep. Anyway, let's get back to our discussion about the schedule. All right, Dustin, let's let's go with the obvious model. Let's say at the Big Ten, you know, the committee to decide what the schedule could be. It's like the uh, the playoff committee. Much ado about nothing. It's really pretty easy. You go three six six. The yep. three being the rivals. Now the question becomes, Dusty, with the rival games. 
the games that you would get every year instead of every other year, how do you do this? Do you try to be equitable to everybody? Do you make sure the rivalry games? Do you just make sure it's you get all these great games on TV? And because if you went by TV, you get USC, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, and make sure those four teams, their three rivals are the other three among the group of four, right? Uh, that's pretty much it. But I, I wanted to answer your your series of questions there with a one word answer, and it's yes. I mean those those are all the factors that that they're trying to weigh. You're trying you're trying to be as equitable as you can, as profitable as you can, create that demand for for your product, not just to serve your current television partners, but the future television partners who will be interested in what you bring to the table. And uh, so yeah, it, it it is conflicting goals and. You know, you want to, but I, I really do feel like when you come up with those three, those three teams that are going to be on your schedule each and every year, they need to make sense, whether that's from a rivalry, a rivalry perspective. Um, in, in, in most cases, Penn State's an interesting one because they don't really have a true blue rival uh, in the Big Ten because they're they're probably their top rival is already spoken for with Ohio State. So uh, but but being able to protect those games that have historical value to the league, you know, which is doubly important now as you get away from what the league footprint has been and you go all the way across the country, you want to protect the ones that have their roots uh, in the Big Ten tradition. So protect those, but also, you know, creating a schedule that's not going to be uh, a an impossible gauntlet for, for anybody. So you want to try to pair those, those goals up the best you can. And uh, I think there's, there's, you can put this puzzle together infinite ways and, and come up with something reasonable. And I know you've got something sketched out for each team, right? I, I do. And let's, let's take a look at this and we're going to go really deep into Penn state, but I still want to be a little more general about how the conference is doing it and what the goals are. And, you know, all kidding aside, you have to start at the top of the conference, which is Ohio State and Michigan, USC, Penn State. That's probably the pecking order and how to take care of those teams. And I mentioned that if you had those four teams all play each other, as good as that is for TV, what you're doing is you're creating six losses for those four teams. And even if, you know, you say, two teams lose one game, you have two teams with two losses just in those games. And at at that point, they're one loss away from being out of the playoffs. So that's pretty rough. I don't think you want to do that. Now, I and, when and, I went and into- the, the, the challenge of the schedule is going to take care of itself. Like once you, once you put these other groups of six together, the teams that you're going to be playing, you know, essentially on an every other year basis, the schedule is going to be really strong. There's no way around it when you add two really good teams to it. it, it exactly. And we're going to hit that because I did a Penn state schedule for the alternating years and what that would look like. And it's really fascinating. But before we get there, I think where you have to start, Dustin, is with those rivalry games. I was fearful that, oh my goodness, there'd be so many rivalry games that would handcuff you. Really not the case. It's obvious Ohio State, Michigan. There's a couple more obvious ones, though. You have USC, UCLA. Gotta play that one. But you also have, you know, with lesser, you have Purdue, Indiana. Yep. 
intrastate. You got to play that. You got to play Illinois Northwestern. Do you have to play Michigan, Michigan State? I think you do. I think Michigan, you have to have Ohio State and you have to have Michigan State in there, right? Yeah, I, 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 it makes so much sense. Teams that share, that fall within the same state's border. Uh, you play that game. And it, it, it just kind of so happens, you know, Michigan obviously has has jumped far ahead of Michigan State, but it, well, it may not, might not always be that way. But it just kind of happens with, with the ones that you mentioned that those are pretty good for each each of those teams too. They're pretty equitable matchups in addition to the fact that they make geographical sense. So those are that those what are what I would call win-win scenarios there. Right. And you have and to be honest with you, I really wasn't sure how some of these rivalries went for the Western Division teams. Part of me doesn't even care, Dusty, but if yeah. they do. So there are games like Minnesota against Wisconsin and Iowa. They make sense geographically. The tradition, they've played each other for years. They've been in the West Division together. They make sense. For Nebraska, it's Iowa. So you you could put those games in, and just like the Indiana-Purdue, you could put all those games into the schedule and go, we're, in good, we're still in good shape, aren't we? Yeah, and, and I think uh, and it, it brings up an interesting question. I think to me when you when you're trying to lay out like what those three yearly games are going to be, and you're tearing down divisions, you know, I do think you need to balance. Um, like I, I don't know about having Iowa play three traditional Western Division teams. What do you think about that? Like, do you do you feel like that you should preserve? The, the those old rivalries from those divisions or do you feel like you kind of can kind of cross pollinate there and establish some some ones that have like I I, I think Penn State Iowa like I love that ri- that rivalry that that's come up and there's no reason to think that that game is going to change all that much but it's not steeped in the same tradition as maybe some of those that they played every single year in the West do you have any thoughts on that yeah I I do and I think if you have the absence of three rivals, you could then create a little bit based on, as you said, now Penn State and Iowa has a history. That would not be a bad game for rivalries, but you need to balance it against. In Penn State, one of the things I'm not sure we've mentioned is geography. Rutgers and Maryland are in the same boat a little bit as Penn State. They're out east here, and they don't have natural long-standing histories, except with Penn State and with each other. Yeah. So would it be the worst case in the world for Penn State to play Maryland? And I was talking to you know, one of our listeners who's down in Maryland who goes to Penn State at Maryland whenever the game is played down there, and said it's the greatest thing. He's, he called it, it's like a bowl game because half the crowd is Penn State. And if you remember, you know, Maryland, there was the not shaking hands thing. There was that, remember a couple of years ago where they really packed their stadium. It was a red out or a blackout. It was something, you know, the weak imitation. And when they did that, Penn State came in, rocked them just absolutely rock them 
took over the stadium. The fans were coming down low. Yeah. You know, it was like they were cro- intersecting the fans. The Maryland fans were walking out of the stadium, and the Penn State fans were walking down to the better seats. That, to me, Maryland wants to be with Penn State, wants to compete with them, and Penn State fans want to kick their behind. And, and you know, it's not a rivalry because Maryland isn't at that level. And I'll say yet, they're not at that level where they're winning it consistently enough for it to be an actual rivalry. Both teams have to win for it to be a rivalry, but you can feel it with both of those matchups to to some extent that it, it, it the intensity for it with fans and everything, it goes up a notch when you're playing Maryland. And I, I think it has roots in that, that handshake thing. Um, I, I think I think Penn State fans, for the most part, get a little extra kick out of, out of beating Maryland. That the satisfaction of being an underdog for like what Maryland was treating like its biggest game ever, and there were academia people, you know, like chastising the university for for canceling classes and stuff. You know, it was that big a deal, and then they went in there and just waxed Maryland. And there, I'm pretty sure the TV cameras did show. Fans pouring up and pe- fans pouring down in, into the into those seats, and it it really very much was an intersection kind of thing. So, but I and and I think Rutgers, like even now, you know, night game at Rutgers, like they really bring some energy, even though there's virtually zero percent chance that they're going to beat uh, this Penn State team. They're 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 excited about it too. They're just you know their program's just down. And it's the advantage of Penn State fans. There's enough of them in New Jersey, in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area to pack those stadiums. And again, I always bring up that, you know, I'm a Mets, New York Mets fan. I lived in Philadelphia. And when New York Mets fans were pouring into the Philly stadium, that creates a different atmosphere. So that's what the geography can do for you. And you brought up Iowa, and yeah, I love Penn State playing Iowa. I really do, Dusty. But if they played them every other year, I don't think that lessens that rivalry. And the other thing that I like about this, you can do this on a four-year cycle and then say, okay, for the next four years, maybe we change that rival. Maybe we move Iowa in and take Rutgers out for four years. Yeah. Is that the worst thing in the world? No, and and that's one variable we don't really know yet is the openness to changing that three. How often can that occur? How often will that occur? Like I, obviously I don't think it's good to have that be a permanent situation, but uh but yeah, I think that's all something worth talking about. It's not like you're going to not see a team just because they're not in that three. Exactly. Anyway, that's it for quarter number 2. Stick with us. The conversation continues in quarter number 3. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hockensmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. 
You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news, 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. We're talking about the Big Ten schedule and going off on different tangents. But let's let's get it back in line here, Dusty. So as we're talking about this, let's get into some specifics where, you know, we talk about, or I've been saying about balancing it out a little bit, get those real rivalry games in, then you could fill it. And the question is at the top. So let's talk about like Michigan, Ohio State, USC, and, and Penn State. Ohio State, if you have, if you give Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State as their rivalry games, can Ohio State survive that? Is that okay? <laughs> There's a little bit of sarcasm in, in your voice there. Are, are the Buckeyes going to be all right? Um, I, you know, like I, I feel like I feel like they would welcome that challenge. I don't know. I mean, I, would, would there be a complaint from from the de facto commissioner Gene Smith about um, Ohio State having to? In my head, when you're talking about three yearly rivals. Um, I tend to think about like a small, medium, large scope of challenge, you know, like a, a small and, and Penn state is an interesting, I know we're not talking about Penn state, but they're yeah. an interesting because you know, how do you view Maryland? Do you view them as more of the medium challenge or more of the small challenge? They're kind of in between uh, at this point. So if you, if you pair, you know, Maryland and Rutgers together, I think you have a small and you have a small medium, you know, challenge. And then maybe it's Ohio state and the large, so their schedule would skew, I think, a little bit towards the easy side, but it would also be convenient. And, you know, with Maryland and Rutgers being in solid media markets and Penn State drawing no matter who they play, those games that they would get, it's not like they would be duds in terms of viewership. They're they're like automatic when you have Penn State and you're going into large media markets with those two. So I think that it would cover it would cover the Big Ten's bills. It would be easy and convenient just to lump those three like mid-Atlantic teams together and knock that out. So I get I get that part of it. Um, in terms of Ohio State, I mean I think Michigan is a protected rivalry. I don't know how they're going to view Penn State. Penn State, Ohio State have played some awesome games over the years. You know, un- under James Franklin, they have played some awesome games that have been highly, highly viewed on television. I would have to think that that's going to mean something there. You're going to have some explosive potential in that second matchup with Ohio State. I know that they would end up playing, you know, two games for sure against, you know, pretty hefty challenges. But, you know, they're the mighty Buckeyes. I think they'll be all right. I think they will, too. But now, if you were to say, wait a minute, too many, you know, it's not fair to Ohio State. And I'm not saying that with sarcasm. I'm saying it legitimately. Because now, if you're going to call USC the other blue blood in all of this, if it's Michigan, Ohio State, yes, that game has to be played. Would you say substitute USC for Ohio State? against Penn State. 
So Michigan has Ohio State as their every year rival, you know, large, medium, small. It's Penn State, USC, and you're now guaranteeing that USC has a blue blood that they have to play every year because I don't, I really don't think it would be fair to put USC on Ohio State's plate also, along with Michigan and Penn State, correct? I mean, I think a lot of people get great joy in Ohio State playing by far the most difficult set of three of three in in that group. Uh, I personally, I love the possibilities of a Penn State USC. Penn State has existed in this conference since 1993, where it's 30 years now, and they have not established a yearly real deal rival. No matter how much they want to push Michigan State and the Land Grant Trophy on all of us, that does, I mean that game has some significance. So I would certainly entertain the idea of Michigan State being on their yearly schedule. But it, with USC coming and USC needing, as you said, a blue blood on, the, on their calendar, um, it makes a lot of sense in some ways for USC to play Penn State. And I have seen the argument that these schools from the West, you get them as close, you know, the, you're, you're pairing them with teams that are as close to them as you can get. But I just don't really, in, in terms of football, I don't really get that. Uh, USC flying from Los Angeles. What's the difference whether they're flying towards Lincoln, Nebraska, or they're they're flying the extra hour and a half or two hours to get to Columbus or Ann Arbor or to you know to State College? You know, I don't know if you really dictate if that should dictate the schedule. Like if, if you're going to pair USC with Nebraska, Iowa, and somebody else because it's close. Like I think. It gives you a, a whole new world of possibilities. You have to you have to make the most of that opportunity. I don't think you can pair USC with the two others, as you mentioned. But Penn State, you know, there's some freedom there. Like if you're not going to pair them with Ohio State on a year yearly basis, then I think you have it. You can make a really good case that USC should slot in there. And 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 I really feel like you know think about that Rose Bowl game the two in 2017. I know it played out to be really, really exciting, but everybody was really, really excited about that matchup anyway. And I think it it ran a little deeper than just like the composition of those two teams at the time. I think Penn State USC has some real potential. Well, what you're talking there, Dusty, is I believe any permutation of USC, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State, it's blue blood versus blue blood, and the rate TV ratings are going to be incredible. Yeah, it's automatic, and and the, the those programs and where they are right now, like it's almost the odds of getting some thrillers out of that are tremendous. I think just where where both programs are right now, and you know, to me, I'm just gonna make my pitch right here, right now. Penn State's three, USC, Michigan State, Maryland, small, medium, large. I I could buy into that. <laughs> I really can, and and. The flip side of that is you put Michigan and Ohio State on two different sides of those 16 groups. So every year, Penn State would play USC and Ohio State or USC and Michigan. Yeah. And, and, and that's enough juice. Those matchups right there, in addition to the ones that might pop up, like when Purdue's nationally ranked or Wisconsin's a top 10 team again, or, you know, Nebraska cracks the national rankings in a couple years or something. There's your schedule is going to have two big time anchors, no matter what you do there. And I think it's always going to fill up with another couple, couple teams that, that are, um, that are ranked at the time. 
Well, also, Dusty, and you're talking me into it because in my <laughs> sample here, you know, I had Penn State play in Ohio State. But the downside to that Penn State, Ohio State, again, you're giving Ohio State both Michigan and Penn State. Michigan, then, if Michigan has Ohio State and Michigan State, which they have to have, what are you now doing with USC? You know, yeah, if, if it's, that- it's it's a huge question. And what do you, we haven't even gotten into UCLA, which UCLA is a little trickier. Um, where how do you view them? You know, who well, who makes sense as a, as a pair for them? Well, I they have I each other. Think, yeah, first of all, UCLA will always have a blue blood to play in USC. And yeah. the neighbor, the so that is always there. But I think with UCLA, you could pair them up with with a Nebraska, with an Iowa, and I think the novelty of it, you know, it's happening Polar for the opposites. first time. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, especially I think both Nebraska and Wisconsin, and I'm going a little bit with the coaches, Matt Rule and Luke Fickle. I think will make those two teams be have a national profile, at least to start. But it's also, I think, part of why I like this argument of, you know, four-year cycles with these, where maybe you have a permanent rival or two, and then you have a four-year rival. So if you're UCLA, you know, you're the new hot chick in town, you get passed around, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, like UCLA. If they don't have a natural, is that what happens to the hot chicken town? <laughs> I, I was on the wrong side of town, Jim. <laughs> let me re, let me redo that okay. completely. You know, it's like <laughs> UCLA coming in, and you know we're trying to create um, something here. So UCLA, Nebraska may be fun for a while, but after a four year cycle, well, maybe someone else comes in and becomes their rival for a while because there's no one natural. So if you like Ohio State, Michigan, or even let's use Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan gets Michigan State, maybe that third rival rotates a little bit. Yeah, I, I think under the under the circumstances, the Big Ten has to maintain some degree of flexibility. We understand where the higher schools are in this pecking order. But, you know, like things are going to change. The power structure is going to change. You have two very different faces coming in from the West Coast. You've got, you know, like a lot of possibilities at Wisconsin with a new coach and a lot of possibilities at Nebraska with a new coach. You know, I think the 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 power tiers are going to be a work in progress. So every whether it's every four years or whatever, you have to maintain some flexibility here. And I just wanted to give one pitch real quick to USC and Iowa being a yearly rival. And my, my pitch for it is this. One coach refuses to play defense. One coach refuses to play offense. How perfect is that? <laughs> I, I'm sold. You've got me. So I, now <laughs> USC now has Penn State and Iowa. Yeah. I, I'm, but, but, Dusty, that is based on what those teams are right now. In four years from now, that may not be the case. It may not be the perfect rivalry. So when we're saying USC, UCLA, every year come hell or high water, that goes on, that's perfect. But if you do it in a four-year cycle, you always have a chance to regroup and say, this USC, Iowa thing, I want to see that. Yeah, And I do. Yeah. And, and, And there's a lot of possibilities for that. You know, because you're going to have your 
Illinois, you're going to have your Rutgers, you're going to have, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, uh, Wisconsin teams that are going to be uh, run first and defense and they, they want low scoring games and they want to win it on special teams. And you, you're going to have a real clash of styles that's going to expand a bit more with a couple of Pac-12 teams coming in. And w- are you going to steer into that clash of styles? Or are you going to pair the, the, you know, the, the Illinois and the Northwesterns and the, and the Rucker, are you going to pair them up? You know, it, philosophically, it just, it's really interesting to how you can try to best manage that, but it is always up, uh, up for change. And in four years, I mean, the odds of the big 10 having multiple new coaches by then are extremely high. And the profile of these teams has a chance to change just like that. So you should be able to, to be flexible and stick with that to keep getting closer to the ultimate goals of creating television games and getting teams in position to make the playoff. Fantastic, Dusty. You've been talking me into different rivalries here. We are going to wrap up with quarter number four. We're going to look at a specific schedule. Let's look at your Penn State Nittany Lions. We're going to use some of the advice from Dustin, and we're going to take a look at what that schedule might look like. Stay tuned for that. Hey, guys. This is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, the special scheduling edition of our show, Dusty. I'm Jim. He's Dusty. We're going to wrap up the show Getting finally, let's get specific. Let's talk Penn State schedule and what these schedules will look like based on the things we talked about. Dustin, you talked me out of Ohio State being Penn State's rivalry game, and I've now substituted USC in there. You mentioned, you know, uh, Michigan State and Maryland filling it out. I have Rutgers in Maryland just because that, and I think you also have to look at from the other side. I think for both Maryland and Rutgers, playing Penn State is, that gives them a big game every year. A geographic rival, someone who's going to fill up the stadium for them. So I think that will work. Well, the question now becomes, if if it's, wow, they just have USC as their only rival big game, what does the schedule look like? Well, Dusty, I filled it in. I think it looks pretty darn good. <laughs> okay, look, and both and both of those rotation, both of those rotations of six. So we have the three six six, the three protected rivals. Which I I I think 
probably Rutgers, Maryland, and USC makes more sense than Maryland, Michigan State, USC. I think, um, you know, if it were if it weren't for the competitive element, you take the competitive element, which can which can change from one year to the next. Rutgers and Maryland just they do have a little bit more juice for both fan bases than than Michigan State does despite the land grant trophy. And if we start this out with, you know, talking about the four blue bloods, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State and USC. Penn State plays USC every year, Michigan plays Ohio State every year. Great. Um USC gets UCLA, Michigan gets Michigan State. Ohio State, I haven't figured out yet. Maybe, maybe Ohio State gets UCLA yeah. as, as a second game. Yeah, and and you're going to have years where it, it looks like anyway, where UCLA maybe is uh, is a top fifteen team, and then you're going to have some years where they're they're struggling to crack the top twenty five. I think the scope of that challenge will will change, but I, I don't think that it's it's unfair to pair UCLA with with Michigan. And ultimately, I mean, I think. Um, you know these these new teams. You you need to pair them up with with a good matchup to to start, uh, one that can get people excited about it. Which is why I think we've both kind of come around to the idea of Penn State and USC playing each other, even though you can't really get much different than Los Angeles and State College. You can't get much different than that. But again, I keep using the expression "blue blood." You put USC and Penn State on the same field. It's going to draw a TV audience. I could already hear Gus Johnson's voice going absolutely crazy talking yeah. about these two teams. Or how about the, you know, give that game when it's played at Penn State as a whiteout game. NBC would go bonkers over having that game, that matchup. But let's look at what that whole schedule would look like. So, Dustin, what I did was I took the additional 12 teams and I split them up. So, if we have. USC, Rutgers, and Maryland, okay, every year. Here are the additional games. Let's start with column A. You also get Michigan, UCLA, and Wisconsin, okay? So how's that for a schedule with those four teams? USC, UCLA, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Is that a pretty solid schedule for your Nittany Lions? I, I think it, it's it's a, a plenty good enough schedule that if you make it through, let's say those four games with like a three and one record, now you're in, now you're in the conversation, you're in the national conversation if you if you make it through there. And and I think you know to the the point of all this too is with the playoff expanding. If you split those four, you know if you, you split the make four. It. Four toughest games on, on your schedule, you're still mathematically going to be in, in in good shape. Obviously, the urgency to take care of business and all the other games is there. But if you go ten and two with a schedule like that, in addition to some of the teams that you're you're also going to mention, your you, your resume is going to be pretty good. And here's your last three games: Indiana, Illinois, and Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is no walkover. Illinois with Bielema now is no walkover. You have only two games that I'll call the walkover games, Rutgers and Indiana. I don't think Maryland necessarily fits into that um, description. Right. Minnesota, Illinois, decent games. Wisconsin, a pretty good game. UCLA, a pretty good game. And then Michigan and USC, elite games. That's a yeah. great schedule. And and like this, this came up 
uh, last year and has come up since Michigan has really surged to where they are now. And they've done such a good job of installing this philosophy that runs counter to what everybody else does. Penn State would then have USC, UCLA on, on one side of things, and they would have Michigan and Illinois on the other side. You know, you're going to have, it's kind of double the variation of what you're going to have to prepare to play against on a, on a weekly basis. You know, the, the game plan for, for those sets of matchups is going to be completely different. I think that's pretty fun. Um, especially when you get USC and UCLA playing those Brett Bielema teams. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Now you want to know what the schedule looks like the following year, Dusty. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. I don't know what I would have done if he said no. No, I'm but. good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jim, we're done. We don't need to hear anymore. All right. How about this for a schedule? USC, Ohio State, Michigan State, Iowa, and Nebraska. It's it's a it's a different look and feel, but a really similar challenge, that that core group of games. Um, you know, Michigan to Ohio State. UCLA, I'd put on a pretty similar tier in terms of challenge as Michigan State. You know, I, th- I think you have, I, I was just a unique challenge uh, each year. I think you have a little bit more depth in that schedule where maybe the other side is a little higher end challenge, I guess. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that's, again, I mean, if you go through those four or five games, you go three and two, you're, you're in the conversation. And that's the new world we got to wrap our heads around as the Big Ten gets deeper and the Big Ten gets tougher, is that your margin for error expands just a little bit, presumably. And then you look at, you know, the SEC expanding too. And, and presumably, again, we're not done with conference realignment over the next, you know, four, eight, whatever years. Um, everybody's going to be moving, I think, to, to load up their schedules with more challenges now because there is incentive to do so. Yeah, and no no doubt that there is, but at this point, you know, with the schedule I described, Dusty, and I think with that expanded playoffs, if you're a Penn State team and you get through either one of these schedules with only two losses, you're definitely in. Got to be in the playoffs. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about what you can create here for your consistent playoff contenders. And again, I mean, that challenge evolves, which I think makes it doubly important to be flexible in terms of how you view uh, these three and six, you know, the three, six, six schedule. Um, but yeah, you, you, you do what you can to give your heavy hitters the best possible chance to be challenged and succeed in the face of those challenges and and make the college football playoff. And I think, you know, with this setup, I mean, is it nuts to think, depending on how schedules shake out in a year that you could see three, four teams really being in that conversation, USC and Ohio state, Michigan and Penn state. I think there's room to, again, depending on who matches up with who on a given cycle that you could have, you know, uh, as many as, as four teams really in the playoff uh, picture. Oh, I think you definitely will. And remember, and this is the conversation I think the Southeast Conference people are going to have also, Dustin, is if you have in one conference, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Florida, Oklahoma, Texas, Auburn, LSU, I don't know if I'm missing some, but Tennessee, they're going to expect like four teams at least, and there's going to be four teams really upset in the Southeast Conference. But now going back, though, to this schedule, 
we describe what Penn State's schedule would be, I think if you look at those top teams, Michigan, Ohio State, and USC, their schedules will look comparable also. USC will have Penn State every year. They'll have Michigan, Ohio State every other year. Michigan has Ohio State every year, and then they swap Penn State, USC every other year. Yeah, I think I think that's that there's a lot of balance there. And ultimately, you can't avoid sticking some teams with two elite opponents on on a, on a given year. You you can't avoid that. If you if Ohio State's got Michigan every year, they're going to have to rotate in and out USC and Penn State. You know, and, and right. I I think that I think that's um, you know, the way that we're kind of viewing it here, not that the Big Ten will necessarily take our advice. I've been calling them and calling them and calling them trying to listen to me, but uh but they won't answer. Uh, is that you? You do have a great deal of balance between your 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 top contenders there, and what else can you really ask for except for some balance and some exciting matchups? Which I think, uh, in, in the case of this small group of teams that we're looking at, I'm not thinking so much about what Illinois' schedule looks like or what Minnesota's or what even Iowa's. Like I don't really, I, I can't, I don't have the capacity to pair rivals for them. But when we're talking about the the, the cream of the crop in the Big Ten, this would be a really um, fair but competitive schedule for, for all of them. Right. If you've got those four blue bloods and don't make me play all three every year, right. But have me play two of the three every year. I think you're satisfying television. Yeah. You're fair with, you know, those four teams at the top, you're being fair with them. Then as far as having, big name teams coming in to visit my stadium. If I'm not one of those four top teams, I'll probably, I'll get two out of those four pretty much every season. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the thought that I have is that like, you know, the big 10 has been so has done so well in TV negotiations because they have programs that uh, are obviously really good. They're nationally elite, but they're also automatic in the audiences that they that they create and i think that's huge throughout all this is that ohio state's going to draw and that can be illinois that can be purdue that can be indiana ohio state's still going to draw and so i think um you know you're going to have some surprises along the way i think you can satisfy both in in the end here you can satisfy the the goal of creating big time television matchups as we have laid out with this group here and you can also you know create opportunities for for teams on the low end and the high end that could fit what their goals are and the last uh my last thought is i'm naming those four blue bloods but there's a group of about four or five teams in that next level Iowa Michigan State UCLA Wisconsin they're going to have games with these blue bloods every year also. Let's face it, Penn State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Iowa, I look forward to those games. They're big games. All right, Dustin, we have solved the problems. I'll wait for Gene Smith's call, and I'll let you know when that comes. (laughs) That is it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. 
Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network.